Hey there, friends of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Valerie Millsaps, Executive Director here, coming to you with the Armored Truth Podcast, where we will talk about standing on solid ground as leaders in our community that surround the issues of the sanctity of life and talk about a hard subject, abortion. So as we pray on our armor each and every day, How can we do that in a loving, truthful way as we continue to deal with an aggressive enemy and use what God has equipped each and every one of us to use? Armor Truth will be a place to empower you, to encourage you, and to equip you each and every week to speak for those that have no voice. We are so glad you're here with us. Well, hey guys, I'm so glad that you are tuning in today and listening from wherever you are in the world. I am so excited to have a special guest on Armor Truth podcast today, and Stephenson is here with me, Mr. Holland, and I cannot wait to dive into his story uh, and get have you all get to know him a little bit better. Uh, I have watched from my director friends across the the United States and he has been speaking and one of my good friends Neely when he was sharing they had a a video and I your story uh, just resonated with me and we have a lot of similarities with our story uh, but my heart is that it will resonate with someone listening and they will know that they have a story to share like we are we are made for a purpose and God wants us to walk that out so I'm happy to have you on today well, I'm honored to be on Valerie thank you so much Thank you. So I know from just my experience of, you know, it didn't always start like we weren't, you know, born to go share. Uh, Something always kind of resonates and God kind of pushes us. So I would love to get to that point with you just to share, like, when did your story start or you knew that uh, I need to share what God has put in me with other people? Okay, um, well, honestly, I had, um, so just a quick thing. So eight years old, I found out that I was adopted. Um, my skin color was different than the rest of my family. So, you know, there, there was all this, this longing, like, you know, why would a mother not want her son? Uh, you know, why do I have to be the wrong color? There's all these questions, right, <laughs> of like, why, God? Uh, this just doesn't make sense. And so that was a struggle, right? I mean, most of my life just trying to figure out, um, you know, what happened. I never really knew my story. So at 27, I actually, I was youth pastoring. Um, I'd been at three, I guess, different churches at that time. I had majored in youth ministry and I was youth pastoring at a church in Tampa, Florida. And, um, I, the Lord just spoke to me one night. Uh, I think I was, I was a middle school pastor at the time. And he just said, look at, you know, it's time. Uh, <laughs> that's what people ask me all the time. How did you know it was time? Well, the Lord literally spoke it to me. And, uh, I was like, okay, Lord, it's time for what? And he said, it's time to look for your birth mom. So I tracked the, from the prompting from the Lord, I tracked my birth mom down at 27. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot there, Valerie, I, we may get into, but 
it took six years actually after leaving my birth mom um, for me to start sharing uh, my story and honestly I believe the very first time I actually really shared it was at a Celebrate Recovery in Tampa, Florida and I shared that night and you know just sharing my story and my broken stories what I call it broken not dead and um this lady, young African-American woman, came up to me. I think she was 26, and she literally could not speak for almost 10 minutes. It was really awkward, to be honest with you, Patrick. <laughs> and I, I was like, what is going on? And, and she finally opened up, and this is what she told me. She said, my mom, when I was 15, she forced me to have an abortion. Uh, I got pregnant, and from the moment that I made that choice, that decision, I knew it was wrong and I was carrying this guilt and shame and she said that was 11 years I've carried chain and wrapped up in, in chains and she said you sharing your story tonight my chains have been broken hmm. and I was like but I'm just being honest with you I'm sitting there processing even after the fact and I'm like okay my mom my birth mom mentally challenged raped by five men she carried me homeless and she chose life and me sharing that, you would think me sharing my story would cause this young woman to, you know, actually feel more guilt and shame, you know, in my mind. But then to see how God is so much bigger than that um, and just being obedient to share and letting him work, it doesn't have to make sense, you know, humanly. Yes. <laughs> because he works in the supernatural. And from that moment on, I mean, it took another probably two years for me to really start sharing. And then I wrote a book in 2015 called The Journey, Brokenness to Wholeness, where it just really, you know, I put on paper what I felt in my heart and I needed to share. And God just started opening doors. So I, I, for, for three years, I shared on my own, you know, sharing in churches. And I think the first year I did 35, the next year I did 54, the next year it was 75. <laughs> and, um, and then Ambassador Speakers Bureau, uh, Miss Gloria Letta over there, heard about my story and they reached out. And God has just continued to increase that platform. That's incredible. And what I love about your story, it's almost like I'm sitting down and listening to myself. Wow. Because I found out I was adopted at eight. My dad living in my home for the last eight years was not the dad in my baby book. So, you know, we take that. It's so crazy what our minds will think. Uh, and, you know, I, the only thing that I remember from that conversation for my mom was he left. So that was really my guiding post through my life. And, of course, it, you say it took you uh, six years, but it took me ten and a half, so a little bit longer. Of You know, and it's really... I got an email the other day, and it was not a pretty one. <laughs> uh, you know, because when we're doing things for, for the Lord, you know, we're misunderstood uh, many a times. And, you know, he was uh, saying that, you know, I'm doing this for, we had a newspaper article of, you know, and basically I'm patting myself on the back, and I'm like, this isn't about me, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's the reason why I stepped out, you know, in obedience to share because the Lord is like, I want you to share 
how my glory, how, you know, you turn to me and, you know, his light is shining. It's nothing to do with us. So I'm sure that you had sharing your story those first couple of times and it just multiplying. Isn't there like a sense of freedom every time you do that? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I would say, I would echo the same thing. Um, it's just, it, that's why I continue to share, Valerie. I mean, that that's why I share. It's not about me. I mean, yeah. It truly is not. I, I, it's funny. I was diagnosed with test anxiety, you know, in high school. And like for me, getting, and being a person that not only do I speak, but I lead worship. I'm a singer songwriter. You know, it's like my life is on stage, you know, in front of people. And here I am, the guy that struggles with test anxiety. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, but God's bigger, you know. Yeah. And, and I, and I guess for me to answer your question is I, that's what fuels me to keep going and, you know, to keep sharing my story because I'm seeing how God, I, I can't not be silent, you know? Yeah. Um, I, Sir Edmund Burke has a quote that says, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I take that personal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be, you know, that includes women as well, but I don't want to be a silent voice. And I think God has given me a life and a purpose to be a voice. Um, you know, when you look at statistics, you know, in our world, in the pro-life world and, and what we fight for, like I literally, you could look at my life and check every box to why society should say that Stevenson Holland shouldn't be here, you know? Yeah. Um, mentally challenged mother, raped by five men, homeless. I, I mean, you know, if uh, if there's a statistic out there that, you know, that people use, I, I would be it. You know, I'm, I'm a walking testament to God has a plan no matter what. And so, and, and even for me is people kind of get frustrated with me, Valerie, because it's like, you know, you need to build your name and, and your platform. And I don't want to build my platform. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful God's given me one, but honestly, that's why, I mean, I have a nonprofit ministry called Broken Not Dead. And and that, really, my heart for that is it's creating a platform to, for other people to share their Broken Not Dead story, just like mine, you know? That's so and, good. And people get frustrated, like, you know, you're so passionate about Broken Not Dead. Why, you know, why are you spending all your time and energy there? And I said, because that's what God's called me to. You know, I I think it's a message the world needs, and it's not, I have my own broken, not dead story, but so does Valerie. Yeah. Um, So anyways. And so many others, you know, and of course, talking about it's not about us. I mean, you know, we're about, we're kingdom, we're on a kingdom mission, uh, and we... I don't desire anything from the world. It's just, you know, I would love all the people that we encounter to be in heaven with us and just being able to share that and whatever that does within them. You know, we've done our part, you know, that God has called us to. And it's it's like now you have this special gift. I mean, God has you here for a reason. And of course, the world likes to, you know, say that we're nothing and we don't have a voice and we shouldn't speak up unless it's for the wrong things. Uh, but, you know, we know what is good and that, you know, is what God has done in and through us. And how can you not stay silent after, you know, the chains that we were kind of so bound in in our mind and uh, our lives, you know, to 
Yeah, I, bro- I love the broken, not dead, because, you know, we're no longer broken, but we're we're alive in Christ. Well, and, I, and again, you know, that's, I guess uh, I don't want to get too far down this road because I'm so passionate about this word, but, but broken, right? Um, I think for people just to realize that, Yes, you're broken, but that that's just a part of your story. That's not the end. And I love, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Kintsugi? Uh, I believe I'm saying it right. The Japanese art form of taking broken pottery and mending it uh, back together. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but, you know, that, that philosophy is, is all these broken pieces, most of us, especially in American culture, you know, we sweep all that up and throw it away. You know, it can't be mm-hmm. used anymore, right? But that philosophy is you take every single broken piece and they take a lacquer and they piece it all back together. But before they do that, they lace it with precious metals. So like gold, platinum, silver. And then, so here's the beautiful thing. That object is still usable, right? Yes. If it's mended, it's actually worth more than it ever was in its original state now. And then the part I think I love the most is when you shine light on that, it actually reflects, it sparkles. And the part that sparkles is all the cracks, all the scars. Mm. And I I think that's just a great example, I think, of really what I feel like, you know, when I get a chance to share my story, whether it be, you know, to raise support for a pregnancy center or for adoption or foster care or in a church. Um, You know, I I was actually speaking yesterday morning on a Zoom call with, with young men and women that are in detention center here in uh, in Alabama, and it's the same message. You know, I know you're broken. I know you have scars, but now I hope I can say this. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. But but my crap's become my fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, we we don't want to walk through the crap. You know, none of us want to do that. It's nasty. It's smelly. But you know, when you sit and think about it. It's like, man, I've walked through a lot of, of crap, mm. but, but that, that crap has become fertilizer over time. You know, there's been growth that's happened when you've walked through that. And then, you know, to go a little further with the imagery, you know, sometimes it produces a tree and then there's this amazing fruit. And, and I know I'm giving it a, an image here that's kind of hard when, you know, I know we're doing audio, but... I feel like what I get to do is I get to pass out apples. You know, I get to pass out fruit every time I speak. And um, and I wouldn't have it. You know, I honestly wouldn't have it if I wouldn't have had this brokenness in my life that I get to share. But God's still good and he's still faithful and he still works and all that. You know, um, so I think people need to be encouraged with that. But also don't don't run from your brokenness, but press into it and say, God, use it. Because I'm still usable, and I'm and I'm actually worth more than I thought I was, and I want to reflect your light. Yeah, that's good. I love the analogy that you used about the broken pieces and the uh, the gentleman's name. But I I had that same thought. It was about a month ago. I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share? at a local church that I was preparing for and just doing every ordinary things at the house. And our dog had taken something, a piece of mail, and it was shredded in all these pieces all over (laughs) our kitchen floor. And so I'm sweeping it up and 
he, the Holy Spirit was like, you know, I can use all of this. Absolutely. And it's a great analogy that you just used. I mean, it's so true. Like we think, oh, that that's a horrible piece of my past or, you know, I don't want to share that. But he's like, no, I've redeemed all of that. I'm going to use all of it. Um, and we just want to just sweep it up and throw it in the trash. Uh, and, of course, the world wants to do that. But uh, God can use every single piece uh, of that. So I love that. Well, I, just to give you, uh, I, I know you're interviewing here, so I don't want to get too far off topic, but I, I think it goes with what we're talking about. You know, I work for a pregnancy center, actually a local pregnancy center for about three and a half years. And, and I had the blessing, honestly, of being able to share in schools as uh, with what we call SRAS, you know, sexual risk avoidance, which is, you know, abstinence for the old term. But um, there, um, I actually, well, so I, you know, I got to speak to seventh grade through seniors. So about 12,000 students a year, I was speaking for three and a half years. And I, um, I got the opportunity to go lead worship at this camp. And um, so, you know, a lot of these kids had seen me in the school and sharing, you know, I'm that guy. You know, they come up to you and say, hey, it's a sex guy in the middle of Walmart. <laughs> and my wife was like, but they hug you. Like, who does that? You know, who hugs the sex guy? Yeah. That meant a lot to me because they they knew I cared. Mm. And because I, I was hearing from seventh graders, I was hearing from seniors, everyone in between. Basically, these these kids are struggling with their worth and their value. Yeah. So if you, if you don't see your worth and your value, you don't care about the choices you make, you know, because you don't see the you know you as being valuable enough to care for. It. And so, you know, just to set the stage here. I, so I had I got to lead worship at this summer camp and I wasn't supposed to share my story, but there was a moment during the week where they needed to fill some time and they said, you know, would you share your testimony? So I shared my story, you know, about, again, my mom choosing life despite all these odds. And there was a little girl, she was 12 years old, that was sitting in that audience and I didn't know she was there. And she had actually been raped by her uncle. Mm. And the family was pressuring her, you know, 12 years old, you know, and obviously in society, I mean, it, you know, even for me, okay, I, eh, could that be justified? And then I'm like, no, it's, it's never, you know, no, God has a bigger plan. He can work in that brokenness. So I shared, she heard, uh, about two weeks later, she, her and her family actually walked in to the pregnancy center where I was sitting. And normally I'm not there because I'm in the schools. But that it's during the summer and I happen to be there and she sees me and she goes back two weeks ago and remembered me sharing my story. And this 12 year old girl against the wishes of her parents chose life that day. And, uh, I'm going to be tearing up here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I already am, but I, so, you know, God using our brokenness, you know, my, my brokenness allowed her to choose life. And then, but then it doesn't stop there. I'm leading worship at this church, you know, some months later and this family comes up to me and they place this baby in my arms after service. And I'm like, you know, okay, it's a cute baby. And they're like, no, you don't understand. This is the baby that that 12 year old girl 13 now gave birth to and we adopted wow we just want to say thank you Mm. um, for being faithful to share your story and then um, 
and it doesn't end there. God's still good, <laughs> bigger than that. I'm leading worship, speaking at another event. It's a student event. And after the event's over with, this little Hispanic girl, which I didn't recognize at the time, she came up to me and she's weeping, she's crying, and I'm like, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong? And she said, I just, I don't know if my son knows that I love him. And then when she said that, it, it came back, this is this little girl, she's 13 now, and she's telling me, you know, I gave my son away, you know, through adoption, and I just want him to know that I love him. And I... You know, I'm a dad of three daughters myself, and I, I mean, I'm bawling. I'm a puddle at this point, but I was able to look her in the eyes, and I said, sweetheart, you are one of the strongest, most amazing women on the face of the planet, and you, your love for your son is without question. Don't let anybody tell you, <laughs> you know, but I said, I don't know if this will ever happen for you, but I hope one day you get to look, he gets to look you in the eye like I got to with my mom and tell her thank you for mm-hmm. choosing life. And um, anyways, I, <laughs> I just, you know, that, I think that's a prime example. That's the best example that I think that God's shown me of how just being faithful to share and letting him work. You just never know. We, You know, we don't realize how big God truly is. Right. Um, I, I want to stay in awe of him, you know, for the rest of my life. Um He's just that good. He's just that faithful. Yeah. And, you know, it takes just an everyday, a simple thing of dying to ourself, you know, um, and letting him work and being obedient to what he's called us to. And, of course, I always say, you know, whatever you want to, wherever you want to throw me to next, Lord, I'm willing. (laughs) Right. Well, and I I think... I love quotes. I'm, I journal a lot. Me too. Uh, one that I really live by, that I, that I love, it's called, it says that through the process, your faith is fortified and your vision becomes clear. And I, I'll say that again. Through the process, your faith is fortified, then your vision becomes clear. And I think, you know, we, 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 get, we don't want to go through the process. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we, everybody wants to go over, under, around, especially when it's something that we, you know, doesn't feel good. We don't want to be here, but I feel like that's what I always try to do in my life is, Lord, I, my faith has been fortified, made stronger because I've gone through the process. You've taken me through and, and I see your faithfulness. I see your goodness. And because I can trust that I'm going to go through it, you know, because I know that you're going to give me a clear vision on the other side, you know, of this. You know, we could even say, you could go to James 1, right, 2 through 5, that consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials. That's not fun. No. But the hope we have is if we persevere and keep pushing, we know God's going to be faithful. We know where our hope comes from. You know, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, just just having that relationship with Christ, I mean, that that's where that hope comes from. Um, so, trust the process, right? Yes. And and be willing to go through the hard things because exactly. you know he's working all that for good, and it's a continued work in progress. <laughs> and I know you know we might have somebody listening to this at some point that's like, well, but man, how do you do that? And I think you just you just keep pressing, you know, and keep trusting. I mean, you know, there's days where I forget that. I'm, let's be honest, right? I mean, it's easy to say that, but it's you know it's hard. But 
I always come back to, I check myself. Like here I am complaining or, you know, whatever. God, this isn't fun. And But it's not fun. And I don't want to be here. But I know you're going to work it for the good because you've been so faithful and so good. I'm just going to trust you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you lean in no matter how hard because we can trust him. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I just encourage, I don't, I don't like to live in the past, but it's always good to look back and see how faithful God's been. Like, man, remember when I was going through that? Like, I'm still here. Broken, yeah. not dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Um, so I even, even, you know, maybe speaking to some ministry people out there, you know, I run a nonprofit and you do, t- you know, you oversee a nonprofit as well. And, you know, we get in the weeds about raising donor support and like, Lord, like, you know, man, you know, like what's going on? Like, I wish we had this and I wish we had that. And there's so much work to be done. And I have to check myself with that. I have some friends in my life that they'll be like, Stephen, have you not seen what God's done? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you not remember where we were three years ago? Um, you know, I think we just need to be reminded sometimes of his goodness. Yeah. Definitely. And staying faithful and, you know, even in those things, because I I remember when I first started, you know, and and the Lord had brought me here. And then it was like, okay, God, I said yes. Now show me what to do. (laughs) Uh, So and it's, you know, it's so true. It's like we need to ask that every day. It's like I'm here. I'm showed up now. Now show me the way in which you want me to walk. Yes. So the Broken Not Dead, um, that has you traveling in different areas because I know you were here in Tennessee just not too far, um, not too long ago. No, and I'll I'll actually be back in the area on June 6th actually ministering at a church there in Tennessee. Well, that's cool. So tell me about when you... um, go and do those things what are you doing are you getting to share your story especially with your broken not dead as well well i'll tell you it's it's kind of gone through we're even going through a little bit of a transition valerie to be honest with you you know when i when i started um you know i, I launched broken not dead as a nonprofit 501c3 faith-based ministry in march of 2018 well in march of 2018 Stephenton holland didn't have the platform you know, that I have now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't speaking quite as much nationally and those type of things. Like I said, it was mostly on my own. So kind of what we're in the process of doing is, and I'll say it like this, Broken Not Dead is an us ministry. Stephenton Holland is, you know, nobody has my story, my name. Honestly, I think I'm the only Stephenton in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But so, so what we're, um, so I have a Broken Not Dead story, right? Yeah. But it's my story. And but like Valerie, like we said, Valerie, you have you have a broken not dead story. So what I love about um so so me, I go and I share my story, my testimony, and I, I go I lead a lot of worship during the year. Um I do a lot I've got like three or four camps this summer, student camps, middle school and high school. I do a lot of church services, you know, Sunday services a lot. Um but then nationally I speak nationally for pro life. So I do a lot of pregnancy center fundraisers. Um, I'm starting to do, I'm starting to be an advocate and getting to speak more uh, for adoption and foster care. That's um, cool. That's, some, that's something the Lord's starting to open up. And I, I pray, honestly, that he gives me 
a bigger platform for to be a voice because you know that's my life um i was i was with the for me i was with the same family uh, that i've been with since seven days old but i was at six months old the state of tennessee where i was born they realized my skin color was darker than my family and they decided that i need to be removed from the home so from six months to age two they, they had to fight a legal battle to keep me in the home so there's just all these things in my story that I'm like, wait a minute, I have a voice here, you know? <laughs> and I didn't even realize I had it, Valerie. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so but for Broken Not Dead, just quickly, um, again, it's it's bigger than Stephen Holland is what I'm trying to say. Um, broken Not Dead is, is creating a platform for other people to share their Broken Not Dead story. So sometimes I get to share and sometimes I get to do music, but... What I love about it is we're doing Broken Not Dead events all over the country where we partner with an organization. So let's just use a pregnancy center, for example. Like I would look to, Broken Not Dead would look to partner with a pregnancy center and we co-host a Broken Not Dead event in a community. So we're trying to bring hope and restoration to broken people. Mm. That's the overarching theme. And um, so you would think like, you know, a stage set up and then you have people all in the middle out in front of the stage, but then you have all these organizations that are kingdom minded that can reach into different levels of brokenness. So it might be, you know, the single mom that, that's pregnant and needs your support. Um, it could be a, a drug addiction recovery. It could be churches. Um, you, you, you see what a division there? Yeah. Uh, so we look to do uh, events and then we also, uh, a new platform that we've released, um, we're filming uh, 10 stories at a time and we're putting out Broken Not Dead stories on our YouTube platform. So, uh, so far we've released three episodes and so we'll do a first season is 10 people and we do two stories a month. Hmm. So, so those are, those have been really, really cool. Um, what God's doing, you know, it's just another way to reach people, yeah. you know, in this digital, digital world that we're in. You know, COVID kind of forced us to rethink, well, we can't do the events like, we, you know, we want to. So how can we still get the hope of Christ and just real people sharing real stories that can impact people? Yeah, I so, uh, love so, yeah. that. That's well, amazing. That gets my wheels turning like, hmm, how can yeah. we do that here with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, and that's what I, I love. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a full-fledged like broken not dead event but even actually the pregnancy center uh, in tennessee that there like you talked about recently we after the banquet we actually did a worship night so we did the banquet on thursday night and then friday night we did a worship night and i believe the director was like i think i enjoyed the worship night more than the banquet because you know because you all work so hard yeah pull the banquet off and then literally the entire staff at one point were, were on their knees at the altar with their hands raised like just pouring out and I had to close my eyes because I would have started crying and couldn't sing anymore you know <laughs> watching them just worship and I, that's a, that was like a small glimpse I feel like of what these events could be because it's not only for the community but it's also for the staff for the organizations you know yeah the, because we all carry brokenness. We all carry weight. Yeah. So anyway, so it's really, it's, I just love the kingdom aspect. And I think that's the part we talked about before where 
this is bigger than Stevenson, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about it. Broken Not Dead is, is, a, is a kingdom ministry, you know? And we get to pull resources together to love on people. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and it my heart breaks because the world doesn't understand that. But if right. they would just embrace and allow that to impact them, uh, right. you know, their, their world would never be the same, you know, when... Because they're all dealing with the certain levels of brokenness. Uh, and, you know, if they would allow us to help them and point to the real healer, uh, I think of the the revival that would outbreak from that. And, well, and, that's, and that's one reason I get my heart is these, like, these events wouldn't happen necessarily, and not opposed to, but I'm just saying majority of these would want to happen outside of the church. You know, t- taking taking the, the love of Christ to the world. So, you know, like gymnasiums or a park setting, you know, if the weather's, you know, that, those type of things. Yeah. Where it's, you know, come come one, come all. Yes. And you don't have to be fixed to come. You know, I mean, I mean, there be, there's going to be some hurting people and some real brokenness there. But that's where... You know, Broken Not Dead would come in and provide the event, the experience, for lack of a better word. But those, the importance is those partnerships with the organizations that are that are loving those people, that community, day in and day out. Mm. And that's that's my heart to be able to plug that brokenness into some places of healing. You know that I mean, Broken Not Dead's creating the platform, but then we move on to the next place. You know. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, and I, I just think it, it opens up. I mean, there's people that need the resources that, you know, your uh, community can provide, but sometimes they just don't know they're there. Yeah. And they won't come inside the door. Like, let's use a church, for example. People, you know, there's a lot of hurting people that feel like it's a country club. I can't go there. When really it's a hospital, then we want you there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Definitely. And just asking, you know, just getting over the pride of, you know, people are willing to help. Just letting us know, you know, what's going on to be able to point you in those resources. And, and it's honestly, it's a, it's a simple phrase, but it's okay to be broken. It's okay. You know, just reminding people that to have somebody say, you know, or, and that's what I love too. I, you know, I'm, God has just blessed me with a network of people. Um, you know, whether it be speakers or in music. So it'd be music and speaking are the two mediums that, that we would use for these events. Um, so it might be a, a, a rapper. And it might be a country artist. It might be a rocker. All three of them are on stage before the event's over with. You know, but that's going to relate to somebody. Even I mean, music is a powerful tool, you know, that sometimes spoken word just can't reach. Mm-hmm. But the music can, and but that it's not just the concert, but it's people that are sharing their stories, you know, their broken, not dead stories through their music, as well as their testimony. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, God has kind of given me a vision, and what He's told me. I mean, somebody out there needs to hear this. Even if I'm the only one that sees it, even if I'm the only one that's willing to go, if God's called me to it, it's worth it. Yeah, and I've had to remind myself of that because not, you know, nobody's going to be as passionate about what God's called you to do than you. <laughs> so, even when you hit those roadblocks, right? We talk about even when it's hard. If God's called you to it, just stay faithful. 
and trust him. And that's the season I'm in right now. You know, um, these events aren't rolling as, you know, as, as uh, like I would like them to. You know, of course, COVID, again, I know it's affected everybody, but we lost, you know, we had four events set up for 2020. And, you know, it's like, okay, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you're still faithful. You're still good. I'm going to trust you. You called me to this. And I think it's needed. You know, not only the message, but I think the events. And um, so we're going to stay faithful to it. And, um, and I'm excited about what it's going to do for the communities as well, you know, and organizations too. I mean, that, that's clients, that's donors, that's, um, you know, just <laughs> it's kingdom. But I'm just saying some of the, the what they call it, IR, um, return on investment. Yeah, know? yes. <laughs> like the, that's, there's people in the seats and there's people that need your services. Mm-hmm. You know? um, wow. Well, I could definitely talk to you all day, that's for sure. Uh, but I would love for you to share how people can connect with you. I know Pregnancy Center, you know, if they're thinking about having you for a banquet. Uh, but outside of that, like, where can they connect? Can they find you on Facebook and see how everything's going? Where where can they find you? Well, I definitely, I mean, social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram are my two platforms that I use for Stephen Van Holland as a, you know, personal or a public figure, also Broken Not Dead. We have accounts for both. And then also just, you know, websites are always good. Um, StephenVan.com, uh, just my first name.com. And then I also have BrokenNotDead.com. So, um, so yeah. So again, as a speaker and a worship leader, uh, Stephen, then, you know, just search me there. And then for the ministry, if anybody would be open to partnering with us, and, um, just checking out that and how we can connect and partner and do things together, brokennotdead.com is the place to go. That's good. Well, thank you so much. And I'll also have all these connected uh, for the show notes at armoredwithtruth.com. And people can go on there and find and click, make it a lot easier to connect with you. So I am so thankful uh, that you took the time out uh, just to just to kind of let the Lord lead the conversation and and let people hear. I know it will resonate with someone and if not many. So I'm looking forward to that and um be praying for you as you continue to serve the Lord and just all the during the hard times, and I know we can get tired and weary, but uh, he definitely comes alongside us and gives us the strength we need to p- press forward. So thank you for that. You're welcome, Valerie. It's been such a, a honestly, a, a pleasure and a blessing to be on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Armored Truth Podcast. For more information on this podcast or show notes, you can visit us at armoredwithtruth.com. You'll be directed to our blog section to listen to more or past episodes. You can also connect with us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also visit the main website at youmakeherbrave.com where you can take being not only a hearer, but also being a hearer and a doer. You can learn about being a volunteer, being a monthly partner, 
$30 a month saves one life from abortion and helps us walk side by side with that new brave family. So again, thanks for tuning in. See you next week on Armored Truth.